The following Dharma talk was given for the Insight Meditation Community of Charlottesville, Virginia. Please visit our website at imeditation.org. What's most important and you all know the benefits of, of a contemplative practice. So considering what's most important to you and how a contemplative practice might support you, support that wholesome intention. And as we bring attention to intention, it has a way of kind of summoning up some energy. Yeah, this practice is important. I know it helps my heart stay open more of the time. I know it helps me see more clearly. I know it can help my relationships, etc. whatever it is for you. So landing in the intention. You know, these, these pre- preparatory steps, whatever you choose, can be really helpful as opposed to just plopping down. Now, where's my breath? I'm going to grab onto that sucker and stay there. You know, um, just just take it as a, a a time of self-care. Okay, so there's intention. Another aspect that um, I've found useful and various students have found useful is gladdening the mind or brightening the heart and mind prior to uh, practice. And I, and I've, those of you that have been coming here, um, I like to consider a few things that I'm grateful for. So I offer that as a way of creating a field of gratitude which in itself opens the heart. So consider consider a few things that you're grateful for. large or small, and see if you can discover where in the body gratitude manifests. Is it the whole body? Is it somewhere in the chest or head or where?
Okay, and now another, another possibility is considering your own generous acts, contemplating. So consider for this next moment or two any generous act, small, large, And if you use considering your generous acts as a way of gladdening the mind to begin meditation, you'll notice that you're more likely to cross that line of generosity more often if you're reflecting on it each day. It can be as simple as smiling at a stranger or holding a door, letting someone go in traffic, calling a friend who's not doing well. So gladdening the heart and mind by reflecting on our generous acts. Really, really supports us in exercising that generosity capacity more and more. Okay. And the third way that the Buddha taught of gladdening the mind um, is to reflect on what you would consider the qualities of a of a Buddha. What would a Buddha, what qualities would a Buddha have in your mind? Think about the kind of heart, the level of compassion, the clarity of mind. Extraordinary ability to understand the workings of nature. That wisdom, that compassion. So considering the qualities of a Buddha. Sometimes when I meditate, for um, I'll, I'll bring up an image of a Buddha in front of me, with my eyes closed, and imagine the energy from the heart of the Buddha kind of mixing with the energy of my heart as it kind of connects in that way. And then the, the energy of the mind meeting that, that clarity. So a kind of little bit of a few minutes of merging with what I consider the qualities of a Buddha. 
So those are the three ways that the Buddha taught of gladdening the mind. I like them because most people find them pleasant experiences to consider things you're grateful for, to consider the, the goodness and generous acts that you've exercised. And also the contemplation of, you know, what, a, what the qualities of a Buddha would be. So, beginning a meditation with some time for intention, just really touching into that, that deepest energy, that wholesome movement of heart and mind. The mo- you know, what's most important. And then spending a time brightening and gladdening the heart and mind can be a nice beginning. It's way better than the kind of hyper, now it's time to sit down and meditate real fast. Just kind of ease in with some pleasant experiences, if they are pleasant for you. If not, you know, there are other, other things. So I think we'll now meditate for a while. And I'll point out as we meditate, with much less talking, some other aspects that may be, may be helpful. In, in our kind of cultivation of really looking forward to meditating and not have it be just another thing I should do that I really don't do. Just like, this is my time. This is my kind of time of self-compassion in service of my capacity to have more compassion for others and to see more clearly. So again, what is most important? What is your very deepest intention? Whatever amount of life we have left, what is our deepest intention? And now choosing one of those three methods of gladdening the heart and mind, contemplating something you're grateful for or a generous act or the qualities of a Buddha. Just choose one. Maybe one you haven't done before very much. 
Okay, now bringing attention to the very foundational experience of being alive. this body alive. just gently do a kind, compassionate scan of this miracle, bringing attention to the forehead. And inviting a smoothing of the brow. all the furrowing of the day, the puzzlement. Allowing, inviting ease. And bringing that kind, soft attention to the eyes now. them to rest. And allowing that soft attention to cascade throughout the face, all those tiny facial muscles that have been smiling, frowning, laughing, crying all day. Inviting a soft ease If you happen to notice that your jaw is clenched, just allow it to open slightly, unhinge, loosen. And bringing that caring attention to the mouth. Experiencing the tongue, the aliveness there, the roof of the mouth. The teeth, gums, 
the lips. Exploring the miracle. And bringing attention now into the neck and shoulders. Inviting the shoulders to just let go a little more, to have ease, to open, to settle. And experiencing the neck and shoulder from the inside out. The aliveness and spaciousness there. And then inviting that kind attention down through both arms. Biceps, triceps, elbows, forearms, wrists. Experiencing the volume of space and the aliveness. And allowing attention to settle for a few moments in the hands. Inviting a softening there. A letting be, a letting go. And then bringing attention to the ribcage area. You might notice the gentle expansion and relaxation with each breath. And allowing attention to move to the interior of the rib cage, to those organs that are protected by the rib cage that have served you all these years. You might even feel some gratitude for their operation. They've really been faithful for the most part. So it's a kind attention. And allowing that attention now to move to the lower portion of the torso, the Abdominal area, the sides, the small of the back. Feeling the aliveness and inviting a softening of the belly.
another kind attention moving into the hips, the buttocks and genitals. Experiencing the aliveness there, inviting ease. Experiencing the aliveness and volume of space in both legs. And for a few moments, resting attention in the feet. miles that they've carried us. And now if there are any areas in your body that have been wounded or that need special care, bringing that kind attention to that area or those areas as we get older we may have more than one area not trying to fix anything, just bringing a kindness there, standing by, like you would a friend who was in distress. body scan with an attitude of self-compassion, of care. Very gentle.
And so now resting attention in a portion of the breath or in the aliveness or in sound. Utilizing an anchor as a way to gather the energy of the heart and mind without judgment, harshness. If you use the breath, find a portion of the breath that is most enjoyable to you. Maybe it's where the air comes in the nostrils. Maybe you like following the breath all the way down as the lungs expand and then contract. Following it in and out. Maybe you like the breath most, feeling the rising and falling in the belly. Or the expansion and relaxation of the rib cage. Some like to experience the breath as if they're breathing through all the pores of the body. So finding, if you're using the breath, finding what's most predominant, what's most pleasurable, what's most interesting. life-giving breath that connects us so intimately with the biosphere.
so when the mind moves away into a story, gentleness is called for. Appreciation. You've awoken from a story. So noticing the difference of being awake to the aliveness of the moment and how that's different than planning, fantasizing, remembering. And experience that as long as you'd like. A moment of awakening. And then taking some time to re-relax. Inviting a release of the tension in the head from thinking. And you might soften the face, the shoulders again, self-compassion. Each time the mind goes away, eventually we wake up and have that moment of awakening. Time to rejoice, notice the difference, and re-relax. been sitting for a reasonable amount of time and when I ring the bell I want to invite you to gather your attention in the body the attention has a tendency to run all over as we transition gathering that attention in the body, and then we'll stand up together. And we'll do a little bit of standing and swaying meditation, very simple, as a way to experience a little different movement of energy. And then before we sit down again, we'll move the body in any way that you see, see fit as an act of compassion to stretch it. So see about keeping the attention in this body as we transition. When I ring the bell.
just standing up in place. You can have your eyes open or closed. (coughs) And first feeling the body in this new position. The touch of the feet on the floor. Feeling the muscles engaged to stand. Imagining you have roots that are going back into the earth, into the mother. And then begin to sway just slightly left and right, feeling the aspect of the body that is activated when we sway to the left and then to the right. Just keeping the attention in the movement of the body, the movement of the body, the aliveness. supports for meditation is the meditative voice in the back of your mind. And in this situation, it could be as simple as right and left. Just a gentle support for keeping attention in this living miracle. As you sway, see what you can notice different or in addition to what you've just noticed. Where's your weight? Ball of the foot, the heel? What's the ankle doing? The calves, knees, quads, hamstrings, hips. And as you sway, see what effect it might have if you put a slight smile on your face. Many meditators enjoy installing a smile, not as a way of kind of pasting a smiley face on things, but just as a way of enhancing receptivity.
notice any difference with a smile? Okay. And now for the next minute or so, as you sway, consider how you'd want to move the body. What would be the most compassionate movement that you could do for the body right now that wouldn't be disruptive to everyone else in the room? So a quiet movement that might be helpful and just maintain that awareness as you move quietly to serve this body. So it's not so much meditation is not so much any particular form. It's our attitude. It's where the heart and mind are directed. And when you're ready, come sitting down again. Settle back into the sitting position. beginning again.
If the smile is helpful to you, just install it and reinstall it when necessary. And remember those moments of awakening. Really pause there. It's a sacred experience to be awake in this moment, in this life, in this body, in this miracle. And then to re-relax. Invite a release of the tension in the head after being on a thinking story.
Meditation is the balancing of factors of calm and alertness. And it can be helpful to use that quiet meditator voice if we notice maybe we're getting a little dull or that the alertness factor is waning. Sometimes just the encouragement from that meditator voice brighten, brighten can lift us enough and bring that clarity, that crispness. And if there's anxious or anxiousness or nervousness, moving our attention to relaxation. Bringing the energy down a little bit. And over the years, I've become a firm believer that some portion of a meditation period should be devoted to loving friendliness or loving kindness. 
And so I invite you for this, these last few minutes of practice together to bring attention to the region of your heart <coughs> as if you were breathing through the heart region with each breath in and out. And bringing yourself to mind as you are today or as a younger person or as an infant. And with each exhale, just extending care to yourself. With the compassionate recognition of the struggles of a life, the joys, the sorrows, the gains, the losses. With each breath, extending that care just to yourself. And may I be filled with loving friendliness. May I be well in mind and body. May I be peaceful and at ease. And may I be happy and come to know the true causes of happiness. Continuing to breathe through the heart and extending that care now outward. To everyone in this room with the recognition that all of us here and beyond suffered, have encountered difficulties, and with each breath just extending that care to all those who share this biosphere. The people, the various life forms, 
those that swim, fly, crawl, walk, and those that are rooted in the ground. In our own way, we all want to be safe and happy. So extending that care very simply with each breath. And may all beings be filled with loving friendliness May they be well. May all beings be peaceful and at ease. May all beings be happy and come to know the true causes of happiness. And to end the meditation, let's reflect again on our deepest intention, what's most important. deepest intention for our time remaining on this earth and so may our practice together this evening serve the welfare and happiness of all beings everywhere. So a practice, you've heard the words contemplative artist before, because that's really what you are. And you're going to form it your own way, putting pieces together that serve you. 
And so the, the pieces tonight that I shared were aspects that um, I found helpful. Um, the idea of beginning with intention, really landing us in what's most important. We're all so busy trying to cover all the bases and do X, Y, and Z. But to really hone in on what's most important often is going to aim us. Um, so there's a couple other things I wanted to mention. Um, one is kind of looking at our attitude. What do you mean by attitude? Well, the, the, the teachings of the Buddha are that we suffer most when we're grasping onto something that we really want to hold on to and not have it change. And unfortunately, nature doesn't work like that because everything changes. So there, there's suffering there. Or if we're thrashing around and trying to get rid of something that's uncomfortable, we're suffering there. It's kind of like two sides of the coin. So by checking the attitude at any given moment while we're walking around, what's my attitude? Am I kind of grasping onto something? Am I claws into something? Or am I pushing away? Am I just uh, having this aversive reaction? Um, it can give us a, um, a pause in that moment. And we can continue grasping or we can continue thrashing around. Or there might be the possibility of just letting go a little bit. A reduction in that suffering. So check in the attitude occasionally through the day. And you can call it a meditative support system. Oh, look at me. I'm just leaning forward all the time. I'm always ahead of where I am. You know, I'm actually walking from my car to this building, but I'm already in the building. I'm not even feeling myself walking. It's a kind of grasping on. Oh, what would it be like if I just was here right now? You know, it's kind of a, oh. In the idea of exercising loving kindness, um, teacher once said, you you should do it every day um, for yourself, at least for yourself a little bit. It sounds maybe narcissistic, but it's not so much because we're exercising that muscle that allows us to be more present when it's called for, for others. And it's loving kindness is another thing we can do just on the move. You know, we can as we're moving through the day, um, just wishing someone well, not verbally, not in any way, kind of in a stealth form. And if that becomes a little bit of a habit, it's really, it really just brightens the whole system. You know, you see somebody wrestling their child around. It's the late in the afternoon. The mother or father is just exhausted. They've been doing this all day. You, say, you know, 
may they have ease, you know? May they, you know, where somebody's been working hard and you're online in the supermarket and the person running the cash register is obviously just, you know, out of sorts or whatever. So it's just keeping that a little bit in the forefront. So um, I want to leave time for any questions about anything tonight. I know I did a lot of talking, just wanting to share things that could maybe help you transform your practice to, um, to be a little more enjoyable. Because I know if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it. And if you don't do it, then there's not going to be any kind of transition. <coughs> even though in the back of your head, you always know you should do it. So part of the struggle of, a, of an artist, a contemplative artist, is, okay, what's a bona fide practice? How do I put it together? You know, so that there's enough of a challenge for me where I'm growing. And that I enjoy thinking about doing it. Oh, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to... I'm going to reflect on my deepest intention and then I'm going to do some gratitude or something like that and then I'm going to offer care to this body and the wounded parts, you know? And that kind of works for me. It may not work for you, but there's something that works for you so that it's not just another thing to do like, you know, you got to exercise, you got to eat the right foods, blah, 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 all the things So, any questions about anything tonight or, or your practice? Yes. Nice and loud. Well, I think to have that negotiation with your partner um, so that it's understood that this short amount of time is, um, uh, yes, it's for me, but it's for our family and my capacity to be with everybody with a more open heart. And then, if the um, house is noisy, I suggest some... Uh, I have a family living with me, housemates, and uh, there's a four-year-old who's part of that game. And um, so there are times when I'll, if I'm sitting and I haven't gotten up early enough to beat the morning excitement, I'll just, I'll just put those on. Um, yeah, so I, it's a gift to everyone in our life. Now, we don't want to create antagonism, so there's a little dance involved in, in that. 
Any other questions? Answers? Nice and loud so that, you know, people in the back can hear I'm not sure if it's a fully formed question, but it's something I noticed. And it was for the part where you said reflect on the qualities of a Buddha, I noticed that was the one I had the most like resistance to. And I was struggling with why and how to work with that. And because I noticed when I tried to tap into that, I felt like I was just falling into a, a pit of chaos, for lack of a better word. There was just this this unsettledness around any idea of some mm -hmm. figure. Yeah. Well, that may not work for you. As, a, as an artist, that may be something you'll set aside. You're not going to use that brush stroke. Um, but the idea being, and of course Tibetans use these a lot in terms of um, um, conjuring up qualities in deities or whatever and then in, in an attempt to merge with them to kind of support us in that development. But it's a very simple, or can be very simple, okay, an exploration of what qualities of heart might a Buddha have? And the Buddha taught this, not talking about himself. It was like all the Buddhas for forever in time. What are their qualities? And let's think about that. Let's try to feel into what that's like. What, would, what is the compassion, the unlimited compassion of a Buddha feel like? You know, that kind of tenderness and you know and you see it in certain people you know certainly the Dalai Lama you know it's, you can just kind of feel it and he aims himself at somebody and things kind of open up and then what about the wisdom factor you know what what would that be like to actually really be able to see everything clearly you know um, but if it doesn't work it doesn't doesn't work. That's just one of the three that he, he chose to offer his students. See, you know, try them out. See if they, if they support your practice, any of them. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's harder. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I refer to it in my mind as, first of all, you start off with an airport retreat. <laughs> and then there's the kind of standing online, the feeling of the anxiousness of everybody and yourself, and um, just kind of continuing to... Uh, to tune in, but it does take extra effort. Um, and you're in changing different places, but even a few minutes a day, you know, 
whatever that is, five minutes to just sit down, assume the position. There's something about the nervous system that kind of takes a sigh. And if we can punctuate those moments uh, in travel, it's generally not the same, you know, but, it can, but we can keep it going. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll pick whatever moments I can. And on the plane, you know, you're, you're sitting there and then you're like, sir, would you like something to drink? And you want some water? You know, there's, there's all of that or the person next to you is doing whatever they're doing. Um, and you're having an aversive reaction. So there's lots of stuff to pay attention to. You know, it might not all be pleasant, but mindfulness, we can really... It can really reduce our suffering on, in traveling. If we look at it as, okay, this is a challenge. Let's see if I can really stay with it. What emotions are coming up? Oh, I feel this empathy and compassion for this person is really having a hard time. Or, you know, oh, I'm getting, having this averse and reaction for this person screaming on their cell phone next to me in the waiting room, you know, whatever it might be. So we can... Lightness, humor, little little bits. Yes. Yeah, um, her question was, um, she does most of the driving and drove to New Jersey recently. I'm from New Jersey. And, I, and, I, and that there's a great deal of fear that can come up driving in those roads. And, um, you know, there's only mostly offensive drivers in New Jersey, not defensive drivers. So you either kind of get run off the road or you become an offensive driver. Um, well, that's a, that's, that's a kind of bubbling of emotions that deserve our TLC if we can be aware of them at the time. You know, we're feeling our hands tightening and we're going, what's going on? Oh, you know, there's this fear and the... Um, Sympathetic nervous system is firing off, you know, threat, be on alert, which, and to some level, we need it to operate in those situations. Tight traffic, 18 wheelers, people six inches from all, both bumpers, you know, etc. Um, and we can also take some deeper breaths, we can, we can re relax ourselves. We're going to stay alert enough. So that's where the practice can come in on the fly. 
But at first we have to notice what's happening and that naming of it, tension, fear, etc. If we can name it in actual time, in that moment of recognition, it has a little bit less of a grip on us and we can soften in our muscles, you know. We can bring a, um, alter our breath pattern a little bit and still have the alertness we need to survive, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, our, it, it, that, that acronym that we sometimes use in practice, RAIN, recognize, allow, investigate intimately, and then uh, resting in the, 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 the kind of expansive nature of ourselves. Um, so that recognition is, is first. If we're not recognizing what's happening in our life, we're carried along by our reactive patterns. So just that naming, it's like, wow, I'm tense. And then it's like, okay, what might I do? Out of the toolkit, uh, as a contemplative artist, what might work? Well, maybe I'll change my breath pattern. Maybe I purposefully kind of change my posture a little, posture a little bit whatever it might be. But there are situations that call for extreme alertness. But we can also find ways to bring up a little bit of calm, or more calm than we have, to balance that out. If we're just kind of gripped in fear like that, well then we're probably, we're gonna be less skillful in whatever we need to do. You know? Yeah, driving in New Jersey. That's a good one. <laughs> that brings up a little nervousness in me just thinking about it. So. Yes? She was saying that just that one line of, this is really hard. This is really difficult right now, when it's happening. It's a recognition and it has a quality of compassion. There's suffering and I care about it. It happens to be mine this time. You know, it could be somebody else's. But that, those kind of artistic habits can make a great deal of difference. So thanks. All right, we're 8.30, our new time. We've got an extra time to do whatever you want to do tonight. So thank you all. See you next week. Yeah, the chairs. And also we have the donation baskets, which you know about out there. <laughs>